Well, here we go. Episode number 10 of the On the Road to Damascus podcast with myself, Luke Askew, and Yvonne Rempel. And in this week's episode, we ask the question, have you ever wanted to start again? Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Yvonne, how's it going? It's going, it's going. We have gotten so much snow here. And I sent you a picture about all our snow in Manitoba. Mm. Um, We live right by a city that people have dubbed Winter Peg because of winter. And then you sent me a picture of your little fluff bunnies that you have in England. And I'm very disappointed. Yeah. You guys (laughs) have this big, thick snow and we literally have about a centimeter and the whole world stops. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because I can still see your grass. So I'm like, how's that even possible? There's just, it's just white out here. Yeah. It's a little flurry. It's just a little flurry here in the UK. A little skiff, a little skiff of snow. (laughs) So last week we spoke about where am I? Yeah. We talked about where we were um, because we wanted we had a series going on talking about, you know, understanding the path we're on, understanding where we want to go, because you can't go anywhere if you don't know where you are. Mm. So if you don't know where you are, you can't go anywhere. Even though you have a desire to want to go somewhere, even though everything in you is telling you to go somewhere and you know the direction that, or you know the destination, you need the direction to go. So when I go drive in a city, and it's a city I've never been to before. I'll type in something like, I need to go to a Target. And then it has to go, you know, from what location? Use my location. Because if you don't know your location, it's not going to tell you the quickest route, the easiest route, the fastest route. Is there construction on there? It's not going to tell you what needs to happen because we forget that there's a lot of things happening in the world all around you at the same time as you're trying to get to your destination. That is just facts. And know it's interesting <laughs> as if you have you ever have you ever gone on a journey, made some bad decisions and go, oh, I wish I could start again. I wish I could start again. I wish I could just go back to the beginning and not take that left turn. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I wish I didn't take that. I wish I didn't do that. And that leads us on to the question this week is like, have you ever felt like you wanted to start again? Like, have you ever felt like you wanted to start again? That's my question to you. In life, you know, you've had your years on planet Earth. Have you ever felt like them times where you're like, oh, I wish I could do over this part of my life or kind of wish I had a second chance to do something? Yeah, I think we all get to that point in life where we're like, oh man, I wish I could do it over again. You know, I wish, or for me, I know for me, a lot of the time is as I walk away from a situation, I'm like, oh, I should have said that. That was really good. I should have said that. Or, oh, I should have did that. And it always happens when I leave the situation and I go, that's what I should have done. Right. Because generally I find in the moment or where I'm at, I freeze. And I don't really like that. You know, I don't like, you know, there's because there's again, and we talked about there's a lot of things happening in the world. There's a lot of feelings that are happening inside of us. And this may come as a shock to a lot of people. 
But what I think somebody is going to say, they never say that. It always comes out something different. So as much as I try to pre-plan everything, it doesn't happen that way. And I always walk away going, I wish I would have done that differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many times in my life where I'll look back now and go, if I didn't do this or if I didn't do that, like I wish I could go back and make them decisions. But if I didn't make the decisions that I'd made, I'd never realize what the right decision was in one sense. Like at the time, I didn't know what was right. Um, I look back now and I'm like, ah, yeah, I made the wrong decision. But did I make the wrong decision? That's the question. Because if I, if I hadn't made that decision, then I wouldn't have known what to do now in one sense. But I think what's interesting about that whole concept and the reason why I brought it up, because on the last episode, we finished about talking about mindset and we finished about where Jesus says, you must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. And we spoke about the kingdom of God and we, and we use scripture as our, as our path to understanding. And I was just thinking about that whole concept because where it comes in in scripture is that Jesus is having a conversation with Nicomaius. Is that right? Uh, well, you got to tell me a little bit more so I know what conversation. Jesus had a lot of conversations. So Jesus <laughs> is having a conversation with, Nez- is it, how do you pronounce his name? Is it ne- Nezemias? Nicodemus? Nicodemus, that's the one. Nicodemus. Ah, there right? we go. That's the guy. <laughs> okay. So he's having this, this conversation with Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, who's a religious leader, but somebody that is so desiring God like this guy is seeking answers so if you've ever been in that position in your life where you're seeking answers like you want to know what truth is or you want to know the answer to some things this guy was seeking things and he was a religious leader so what I find really interesting about that is that he surely should have found what he was looking for in one sense but there was something within him that was still seeking and desiring something that he hadn't hadn't yet obtained. And then he meets Jesus, who at the time is doing all these signs, miracles, and wonders, who people are calling the Messiah, the chosen one, the one who is meant to come, the one who had been prophesied about for, for thousands and thousands of years, the ones that had been spoken about in scripture that he was an expert on. And this guy rocks up looking very different to how they thought he would look. Yeah. And he literally says to him, like, like, what, what have you come to do? And he literally says, like, I've come to bring a kingdom. And not the kingdom that you think, the kingdom of God that's within you. And then, and then he's going through this process of going, like, well, how do I step into this? How do I experience it? Because he realizes this is the thing that I was desiring. And then Jesus turns around and goes, right, well, you must be born again in order to inherit inherit this. And you can imagine the guy, and it's quite funny because he goes, like, born again, like, back out of my mother's womb. Like, <laughs> the guy was like, what? Like, how am I going to fit up there? Um, <laughs> but... but Jesus says this, and I find it really interesting based on like what you've said. I don't know if you mentioned it in the podcast or just with me about 
we often feel like the opposite to life is death or the opposite to death is life. And yeah. you say, you say what? I say the opposite of death is birth. Because the, you know, when you born, then you die. Right. So the opposite of death is birth. It's not life. And it, and that whole concept there is so in, interesting because for, for we spoke about this on a few podcasts ago where we said that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Yeah. Which is so interesting for him to make a claim that he is the life. He is also the kingdom of God. So yeah. you see, he's all these things that everything's always talking about, right? Right. But what's interesting, he says, in order to inherit the kingdom of God, in order to inherit life, you must be born again because you cannot have life unless you are born. Right. And at the time, because of sin, people were dead. And that's how they used to call it. Like there was death and Jesus yeah. came to give life. How would he give life? By being born again. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think that means when, when, when you hear that in your opinion? Wow. I mean, that's like a really loaded question. <laughs> like have many, many different things. You know, it, it's interesting because we talked about this, you know, path. We talk about path as been our kind of our, what is the word I'm thinking of? Kind of as, you know, like our visual of what we're doing in life. And yeah. we've been calling it the path. And we've been taking this time talking about the path as the life journey that we all are on, you know, and there's these ups and downs and there's these, you know, widen or narrow paths. And there's times where you, you hit a dead end. And when you do this and you do that and, you know, and, and, and path can take you anywhere and it can end and it could put you on a different one and you can do those things. And what I really love about, you know, what you just said is that Jesus is the way. And the, the great thing about that is that there's only one way. There really is only one way. You know, I think what we do as, as humans is we make it more complicated than it needs to be, right? And when we have the way, so we know which way we're going and we have the truth, right? So the truth is the map, the map of taking us where we're going. And we have all eternity. We have life because the opposite of life is not death, right? It's life eternal. When we have that, we have what we call a journey, Right. Every great movie and every great book always starts with having having all the time in the world to get there because there's people fighting on your behalf so that you can take your time to get there. And I know I've used the movie Lord of the Rings before, so I want to go back to that one. And it's a family favorite of, of our family. We'll actually take a lot of time and watch all the movies back to back. But what I love about it is that, you know, it wasn't a journey until they had a purpose. It wasn't a journey until they had a purpose, right? Because then it's just a walk. They had a purpose and the purpose had a destination and everything in between is what grew them in that process. That grew them to be the people they needed to be, to do the things they needed to do by the time they got to that destination. And so when I look at the, you know, you have to, 
be born again is not saying that you're starting all over again. I think that's the greatest mistake we make is that, you know, it's the, you know, you have to die. So you, now we're starting from the, you know, you were close to the end and you got to do it all over again. And that's the greatest mistake that we make when you die and you're born again and you live in the way of truth and life. It's like Jesus is equipping you now with a purpose on the journey that you have and you felt it in your soul that you were supposed to be doing and you couldn't put words to it. And he equips you with everything that you need. And instead of just walking out life, now you're on a journey of life. And that, then that's to me, what it really means to me is you've taken something that was just life and now you have purpose to it. Right. There's a quote right there. (laughs) (laughs) something only becomes a journey once you have a purpose wow that is so good it's interesting because you know i've spoke about purpose many times it's something i'm massively passionate about speaking on and and i say that you know we are purpose and we are made for purpose in purpose it's interesting that you say that you know jesus becomes the definition of purpose he becomes meaning he becomes life. Well, he doesn't become life. He is life. Yeah. So, but I also find it really, really interesting is that when he becomes life, that is destiny fulfilled in one sense. Yeah. Because I've been having these thoughts recently of going, you know, destiny, we always feel like we can make the mistake of thinking that our life is going to end at a certain point, a certain destination, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to do this and it's going to look like this and this is going to happen. Yeah. But what I find really, really interesting, and this is where truth just is truth. And it's funny because off camera, you were saying about, you know, you like to speak the truth and raise your kids with truth. And yeah. we were like, and you said, you can't do whatever you want. That's what you said, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, yeah. You can't, no, no, you can't be whatever you want to be. You can't be whatever you want to be. Right. And I'm and, sorry, parents, if you say that. I yeah. Don't. <laughs> and it's and because we do, we try and say this to people, you can be whatever you want to be. Right. And, and the truth is, no, you can't like you, you made a bit of a funny like out of it. And the truth is I can't be a number one pop artist right i haven't got that voice god didn't give me that that gift right yeah but i can't be who i want to be all i can be is who i am yeah exactly and and who i am isn't to become somebody who i am is to be somebody and to live and living life is about being who I am. But I think it's really interesting is that, you know, for both of us that have been on a journey, I was massively always seeking. And I know some of our listeners might be listening right now and be like, yeah, I get that. Like seeking the next thing, seeking the dream, seeking the destination, seeking, I want to go and do this with my life. I'm not saying that any of that is wrong. But if you start placing your identity or 
purpose because purpose yeah. is your identity, but not in the way that you think it is. When you start placing your identity in your dream, when you start placing your identity in what you want to happen, what happens when you don't get there? What happens when thing you yeah. get there and it isn't the way that you wanted it to be? And then also the truth is that we hear about people. I think about my my friend who was 19 years old. She was so beautifully gifted and talented. She, her voice was like from an angel, right? So incredibly gifted. Uh, and we were best mates with my other mate. We're like three amigos. And we went out on the weekends and she wanted to be a pop artist. She yeah. wanted to, to be on stage. She applied for the X Factor. All these things were coming up for her. I'd put money on it. She would do well. And, and then we went out one weekend and, um, I then got a phone call on the, we went out on the Saturday night. I then got a phone call on the Sunday night saying that she collapsed in work. And then I got a phone call on Monday night saying that she was in hospital. And then I got a call Tuesday morning that she'd passed away. So what I find really, really, and that really rocked me massively because yeah. I was like, she had dreams. She she yeah. was going to do this. She had all of that. And for one reason or another, this happened. But the truth is, is that if I believe that 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 destination, she was waiting for that destination for yeah. her life to begin, to have purpose, to have meaning. I think the biggest thing that I take away from this right now, and you know, my beautiful wife said this to me the other day you know, life is now. Like what purpose is now? What we're doing right now is purpose, is meaning, is life. It's everything. It isn't a destination. It's, It's what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why I don't like New Year's, New Year's goals. Mm. It's, and I really don't. And I used to, I used to love them. I had a whole list. I'd make a whole list of them. And then the end of the year would come and I'd realize that I didn't meet any of my goals. Then I would feel like my whole year was a failure because I didn't reach any of those goals. I'd have to try all over again. So I'd have to start all over again. And I didn't stop and really appreciate the things that I did in that year because I didn't meet my goals. And I started realizing that goal setting, while goal setting is a great, is a great tool when you know what you're doing, but when you blanket goal everything and you don't make those goals, you feel like you have failed and you feel like a failure. And then you feel like you have to start all over again. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. It really is the biggest thing that we struggle with in life is that we make goals. We have a desire of what we want, right? Because the whole world says you can be whatever you want to be. We make it the destination that once I just get, you know, discovered, my life is going to be good. Once I get that job, my life is going to be good. Once I get married, my life is going to be good. You know, and for some of us, you know, those goals are great. I mean, like that you, that's going to happen to you, but what about all the years in, in, you know, you've been waiting for it. 
Like what, what about all those, those times and those opportunities that you could have had, right? We've made it such a destination that, and you know, your wife is right. Like we don't, we don't appreciate the everyday, the little things that happen. My oldest son is turning 19 this year. And I sit there and I look at all the times that we've spent together doing those things, you know, and some of it was a bit of a fight. I mean, and be honest, some of it was a little bit of a fight with my own husband going, why are you, you doing this? You know, like we, we have to clean the house and we got to do that. And my response was always, I'm making memories right now because there's going to be a day that he leaves my home and I'm not going to have that little boy who wants to climb a tree with me. I'm not going to have that little boy who wants to play soccer with me. I'm not going to have that anymore. You know, and after saying that for so long, my husband realized that, yeah, if we don't do it now, we're not going to have that opportunity later in life. And so, you know, we, we made sure that we were present in our every single day because then we weren't starting trying to build a relationship with him from scratch. And, and I mean, really that's what our, our whole podcast episode is about is that, do you feel you have to start again? Do you feel like you're starting all over again? And there's nothing like the worst feeling in the world, like feeling starting all over again. This is how I answer this question. When people ask me, do you know the game snakes and ladders? Now you can have opportunity to climb a ladder and get a couple rows up And there's going to be times that you're going to fall down and you're going to fail. But at no point do you ever start the beginning of the game. Maybe there's one snake that takes you to the beginning of the game, but we're going to take him out. You don't ever start the game over again. Failure is not the starting and it's not another starting point in your life. Right. I mean, Luke, you said there, you know, we walk away and we imagine, you know, did I walk away from a situation? Did I fail? Was I wrong or was I right? We don't we don't know until that situation is over if it's wrong or right. And we walk away from that. But the greatest thing, the greatest thing that we can learn that failing is the best thing you can do in your entire life. It is because you definitely will know if it's a right or wrong. I tell my, I tell my teenagers that all the time. And this is a mantra we use in our house. They'll try to do something. So my, my daughter will try to, to bake something. And I'm telling you, it probably did not turn out really well. And it probably was not good. First time she ever made lasagna, she used an entire can of pasta sauce and lasagna. It was like eating lasagna soup. And I looked at her and she felt so bad. She goes, I failed. I, I don't, I'll never be able to make lasagna. And I looked at her and I said, did you die? And she goes, what? I'm like, you failed. She goes, yeah, mom, I failed. Like, look at what happened. I failed. And I looked at her and I said, but did you die? No, then do it again. Do it again. Don't stop. Don't keep moving. Don't ever feel like a failure is a start over again. And that's probably the biggest takeaway we take in our lives when we do that. Jesus was the best example of that. He never stopped. And guess what? He knew the destination. He knew the end of the story. But I'm going to tell you something. That's something that I've learned. The crucifixion was not the end of the story, guys. 
It was the beginning of the story. It really was the beginning of life. And we spend a lot of time going, well, that's the end. That is it. And then he rose three days later. So I'm going to tell you these opportunities where we think we fail and we've hit a dead end and we've hit the end of the story and we have to start all over again. That's only an opportunity for God to work a miracle in your life and put you on a different path. It's so good. Uh, you know, you, you presented me with a question a few days ago, which was this perspective of, one thing that I'm realizing at the moment as I'm reflecting and journaling and, and, and thinking about life is that often the advice or the wisdom that the world has given me has been false. Yeah. Like really false to the point where I've made most of my mistakes following the wisdom of the world. And, you know, you sent me a question the other day, which was to do with, well, most people say, if you're going to die tomorrow, what would you do? If life was going to end, what would you do? And we often mostly say, well, I'd go and jump out of a plane or I'd go and try to experience things or I'd spend time with my family or do all of these things. Most people wouldn't say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to work. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go another shift in the supermarket. That's what I'm going to do. No, I'm going to spend this time with my family or I'm going to go and do the thing that I was most scared of doing. I'm going to go and do that now. And, and we present it as a kind of go and do it then because you don't know when your time's going to end. Yeah. But you presented this question. <laughs> which is brilliant, which is what happens if you had eternity? What happens if life was never going to end? Then what would you do? Yeah. And I think because there is no destination anymore, because there is no end, life becomes more about the journey, like you would say, but not a journey in terms of destination. Yeah. but a journey in terms of a a process, a purpose, a, yeah. a, a reason to live, basically. And I think about that question as he gave it to me, and it's really helped me and made me think is that, okay, if I had eternity, what would I do? I'm going to spend time with my family every day. I'm going to, I'm going to go and try and build this business. Well, I'm just going to build this business. That would be my answer. I'm going to build this business. Yeah. I might yeah. fail. Like what you said, I might fail. I might make mistakes, but I'm going to keep going. Like there's no rush. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to get, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to establish this. I'm going to do that. I also think what would be really, really interesting. And I'm going to put this question to you is that okay, I'm ready. If we had eternity. Yeah do you think you would do the same things for the same reasons? For instance, I'm starting, say we start a business now. Yeah. You're starting a business for a reason. Yeah. If it wasn't that you were going to die. Yeah. Is there now a different reason to why you're building that business? No, there isn't. 
And the reason for that is because I know that's my purpose. Like I know it's my calling. And the reason I know that is because even if I worked a full-time job, I would still come back to this every time. It would still be the thing. If people said to me, you know, this is a, you know, I would not change a lot of things in my life. There is a lot of my, actually probably wouldn't change anything in my life. You know, people ask me that question. I was a mom by the time I was a mom at 18 years old, you know, married at 19, had three more kids who've been married for a long time. And a lot of people ask me, you know, if you could do anything differently, would you do it different? And, you know, right away, you know, you go, okay, what are the things in my life that I would do differently? But the thing is, is that every moment, every moment that I had an opportunity and I pushed into my purpose, God met me there. I didn't have a great childhood, but when I raised my three kids, he redeemed my childhood. I came from a broken home. He's redeeming my marriage. He's showing me what it looks like. I have, you know, purpose in the world and he's showing me what that looks like to work hard and to value people and to do that. Every moment wasn't because the destination was I was going to be a millionaire with a great big booming business, which I totally accept if that's what God wants to give me. But it's not that. It was the purpose of developing relationship with him in every single moment of my life, allowing and having these moments on my journey was was is the key to how I really, because people will ask me, they're like, you're just so happy all the time. I love life. I love life. And you know what makes me love life is that when I said, and you said it great, we have to stop living like there's a destination. Well, the moment you take out the destination, it takes out the starting point of your life. Also, it cancels it out. There's no starter. There's no beginning. When you put God as the beginning and the end, and you get to exist in the luxury of the middle, never having to worry about the starter end, life looks different. It looks really different for everyone. There's no pressure for me to succeed because I'm succeeding. There's no pressure for me to have to do what the world thinks I have to do to be successful, to have a good marriage, to have, you know, great kids, to have this, to be this type of woman, to do this. When I take that off and I go, I don't have to do that. I'm actually just living as the purpose God made me. Life looks vastly different. My journey now is meaningful. And instead of living for the last little bit of my life, I live in every moment life presents to me and every opportunity that it gives me. And what happens is you stop trying to look for the goals and the end game of it. And you start enjoying every experience because when you're looking at the destination, you're not looking in the everyday and you miss the opportunities and experiences that you get in the everyday that most than when you get to the end. And, and that is the journey. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. And Jesus did it so well. He did it so well because the thing is, is he knew. 
he knew what his purpose was. And in every moment, in every every story you read in the Bible, in every page where he speaks, he knew his purpose and he lived every moment to the fullest, even though he knew that there was no end because even going right to the cross where everyone in the world was saying, this is it. It's not supposed to be like this. He was still to the end going, guys, what are you doing? This is not the end. He was trying to tell them, but we get so caught up in, in what the world is saying. And we get caught up in going, well, if they say that's the end, then it's gotta be the end. And so what have I believed in? And then we start dismissing everything that we have done because our mind has changed and we start questioning, you know, was this even the road I'm supposed to be on? Was I supposed to be married? Was I supposed to have children? Then we start questioning everything because we haven't put a man-made end date on how we live life. And Jesus was trying to tell everybody right to the end. This is not the end. This is not the end. Even after three days, when the women went to there and the guy and they went running back to the men and they're like, he's risen. They're like, yeah, but we have to see for ourselves now too. It's like, you know, I get that. I probably would have been exactly the same way at that point in life. I would have not understood. But the thing is, is we don't have to be in that point of life anymore because we have the living example of what it is. So we have to stop trying to figure out the answer when the answer is already there for us. Everything that you describe there is how I define freedom. Mm. Like true freedom. It's, it's interesting because I was um, listening to a video today and it was talking about that everyone has these six human needs right okay and these six human needs are certainty uncertainty significance love and connection which is one and then another two which is about growth and contribution yeah and and the the guy who who uses this is tony robbins some people may know him or not but the way that he describes it is that everyone has these six human needs and then they, what they do is they go and fulfill these six human needs in the world. Yeah. So they want to feel more significant. So they try and be this, they want to have more love in their life. So they go and try and get it. And it's all about seeking, like seeking to fulfill, seeking to fulfill these needs. And as he's talking about, and he's, he describes it as that everyone is doing something for a reason. So the reason why you're going getting a job is because there's a need that you believe that job is going to fulfill. The yeah. reason why you're going in getting in that relationship is because there's a need that you believe is going to be fulfilled in that relationship. What I find really, really interesting about all of these things is a lot of the time, these things fulfill the need for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. For a yeah. great example of relationships. Okay, I'm going to get into a relationship mm-hmm. with this new person because I want to feel love and I want to feel significant and I want to feel all these things. And, you know, if anyone who's listening has been in that honeymoon stage, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you meet that person in the honeymoon stage, all of that. <laughs> All of them six human needs are being ticked. 
you yeah. feel so certain about this relationship. It's so exciting that it has uncertainty and spontaneousness. You feel so significant because this person just loves you so much. Yeah. You feel so connected, so loved. You feel like you're growing. You feel like you're contributing to something because you keep buying the flowers and she has so many flowers, but you just keep on lavishing her with flowers. Like, <laughs> and you both feel yeah. probably the most fulfilled in that moment you ever feel yeah and the reason being is because every single one of them human needs is being fulfilled in that interaction because what's happening in that interaction is you're both loving each other unconditionally yeah you are just taking it in you're just receiving and as I was thinking about this and the guy uses it to go understand your human needs understand why you do what you do And then I had this thought was like, okay, well, what happens if I stop desiring to fulfill my needs in the world? Yeah. You know, and how about I start seeing how I can, I'm receiving my needs in the life, in the moment, in one sense. So what am I certain about now? Who... Why do I feel significant? Why? Yeah. Like you can find all of these needs in the now. And the reason why I say this is because I realized that I can find all of my needs in Christ, in God. All of them. Because he is life. So if we keep thinking that God is the fluffy guy in the clouds and we start seeing God as life, as Mm -hmm. we know it, but because you don't know him, you don't see it, you start to see that he's consistently creating an environment that if you were to tune into, would meet your every need, your every desire in the moment where you are right now. Not you've got to go and start that business or you've got to do these things. And I'm not saying that all these things are bad because I want to do a business. I want to do this. I want to go and do this. I want to go and explore. I want to go and jump over these things. The difference is, do I want to do these because I want to fulfill what is missing? Or do I just want to do these things because I want to experience them? That's such a good point. That's, that's such a good point. I remember, so I have been married now. It'll be 18 years uh, this summer. Um, that's because we got married really young. So I'm not old. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> got married really young. But, you know, what I needed, what I needed in my relationship is I needed a white knight to save me from where I was at. That was the need at the moment that I needed. And eventually that stopped, that need stopped. And then I realized that my marriage is going to be over before it even started because he wasn't fulfilling a need. And so we do as married couples do, we go to marriage counseling, you know, we, we try, well, I, maybe not everybody does, but we did. Okay. So I'm going to talk from my own experience. We did. And I remember I went to marriage counseling and we were talking and I was told this, this thing, this very key thing that blew my mind. It was, Yvonne, I couldn't be married to you because I couldn't, because I can't make you happy. And I sat there and I, I cried 
because I started realizing that the moment I wasn't, when my husband wasn't making me happy, I decided my marriage was over because he wasn't fulfilling the needs I needed. That was a tipping point in my life where I actually started getting counseling for myself. And I learned that the needs that I have, which are not wrong, don't let the world tell you they're wrong. Just don't let the world fulfill them. There's a difference, right? Being loved and being have being connected is a need. I mean, you look like a mother who is carrying a child in their womb. There is a love and connection happening there. It's a biological need. Our need to have, you know, that all those six needs that, you know, Luke talked about. I don't remember all of them, but all six of them are biological needs that we have. And the world says you need them. And we're going to give them to you and we're never happy. And then, so then we go the opposite direction. We go, I'm not going to be that person who needs that. I'm going to be misindependent. I don't need love and connection. But what we're doing is we're actually shoving our needs so deep down that we're actually reacting out of it instead of reacting to it. So we're not allowing the person who gave us those needs, God, to fulfill them. We're letting a third party fulfill those needs. Now I'm going to tell you what happened to me because I'm not going to tell you and speak for my husband. And that's wrong. That's something I did learn in marriage counseling. What I am going to speak for myself is that the moment I allowed God to teach me that those needs were okay. And when I allowed him to walk with me on this journey and allow him to fulfill those needs for me, not only did I learn to love myself, enjoy life in every moment it gave me an opportunity, I didn't suck the life out of my husband for the need that I needed. What I did is I actually started adding value to his life because I didn't come empty and needing like a vacuum. What I did is I stood like a pillar in his life. Now, he has a very similar story, so this is not unbalanced but I don't speak for him. And that's something that he has his own story and his own journey. But mine own journey is when I realized to stop being a vacuum in people's life, to suck up the very air in every room I walk into because my needs are not being met. I started adding value and guess when you start adding value, what happens? You find purpose. Purpose is adding value where you go because you know who you are and whose you are and every need. Now, does it always work? No. There's times where I cry all the time because I don't feel loved and there's times, right? But it's not, it's not about going to find it somewhere else. It's about going back to the source and going, okay, somewhere I lost it. You got to give it back to me because I forgot where I put it and going back to that. And it's learning to do that. Every time that right there is your needs being met and not by the world. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I learned in my life. It's, yeah, it's funny that you say, you know, being a vacuum or whatever, but like nobody likes that needy person. Nobody does. No. And, you know, we don't sit there and we justify it. We just are upset because we're like, well, we don't like it. 
okay, so why are we not teaching people how to get their needs met? Like if we, in the world, if we just stop trying to suck the life out of everyone in the world, and let's be honest, everyone who's successful, because that's what we look at and we go, you must have all your needs met because you're successful. If we stop doing that and we stop going externally and going internally, if we started doing that and we started adding value wherever we went, what would life look like? Like just a question, what would life look like? And I don't mean like we're changing the world. What would your life look like? Would you, would you love every moment of it? Would you be happy every moment of it? I mean, even when I'm angry, I still love my life. Even when I'm frustrated, I still love my life, right? We have to stop going. It's okay to not have your needs met and go, hey, I know where they can be met. Let me introduce you to someone named Jesus. Yes. It's so interesting because, you know, you think about the world and the world is about needs. Everyone is wanting their needs to be fulfilled. Everyone is wanting their needs to be given to them, right? Yeah. So what does the world do? Sell you them. Yeah. So, oh yeah, you, you, you need significance. I'll sell you a suit that'll do that. Oh, you need love and connection. Oh, okay. You buy this, that'll help you out. Yeah. I'm going to facilitate your need. I'm going to help you. You're going to buy it. You're going to buy what you need. Not realizing that you don't need to buy shit. No. Like you, you have it. You've just not tapped into it. You haven't tapped into the kingdom of God, as we will call into it. You haven't unlocked what it is that you're searching for in the world that you're now trying to purchase is free. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. That's what, and you know, let, let's go, let's go two steps further and let's blow a little bit of people's minds here and go the very thing you think you need that you're buying is not the thing you actually need. Do you know why I know that you put a hungry person in a grocery store? Oh man. When I shop hungry, I'm going to tell you everything I need to eat at that moment. You go home and you're like, that did not satisfy the craving that I had, mm-hmm. right? So you have needs and you need the met and somebody's going, hey, I have the answer to that. And you go to go figure out, you know, like, and go get it. And then you're not satisfied. And then you come back and you're going, well, I thought I really needed that connection. I guess I really didn't need that connection at all. Was it a connection you were looking for? Are you sure that's what you were looking for? Or is it the thing that that guy was selling or girl was selling to you that you think that's what you needed? You know, what I love is that when Jesus walked the earth, he never, ever gave to people what they wanted. He gave to them what they needed. Mm. Every single person who didn't even know they need people who didn't even know that they had a need had needs met, right? Every single person. And it always came in the form of understanding who they were 
understanding who he was and allowing him to do the very thing he came here to do was to have that connection with God so that we could understand that we don't need anything else. All that he came to do was reveal life and who he was. Yeah. All it was about was relationship. All it was about was, hey, I want you to know the truth. I want you to know what this is. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you took the whole universe, the whole understanding the whole logos, the whole everything, all its meaning, all its complicity, all its wisdom, and put it in a human body. That's who Jesus was. In First yeah. John, it says that the word, which is all of that, the logos, yeah. the everything to do with everything, became flesh. That became flesh because what Jesus does is he reveals the truth because he is the truth. He gives meaning because he is meaning. He gives purpose because he is purpose. Yeah. When we start seeing Jesus, not as a person is a, is a, is like a, a, a human being that we worship. Yeah. And we start seeing that within him was meaning is truth is life. We see that being, that truth in everything, in every capacity of life in this moment. Yeah, exactly. And then you realize that you're not going to find him in the church. You're not going to find meaning in church. You're not going to find purpose in your job. You're not going to find all these things in your next career change. You're not going to find significance when you're a millionaire. You're going to find nothing. And you're going to get there and you're going to be unfulfilled. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to sit back down with yourself and try to figure out, right, if it wasn't that, what must it do? If you believe that what you are seeking for is in the world, materialistically in the world, you, you, you are silly. You are, you, you are silly because that was the only word I could think of then because (laughs) You know, the Bible talks about treasure, right? The Bible talks about treasure. Treasure is something of value. Treasure is something that you possess and it's just riches, enriches your life. The Bible goes, don't store your treasure on earth where the moths and the feeds can take it. In other words, he's like, don't value things of the world. Like, Like, don't value this stuff because whatever you value you will seek to obtain, right? Whatever you value, you will seek to obtain. So if I value this car, I want this car. I'm going to buy this car. So with whatever you value, you desire, wherever you desire, you try and purchase. (laughs) But what's really interesting is this, is Jesus goes, store up your treasure in heaven. Because when you desire life itself you realize that life itself is a free gift yeah and you just live it and enjoy it and believe in it and have faith in it that it isn't something to obtain or to complete there isn't a hey game over 
you, you did it. Like there, there's no end. There's no, oh. well done, mate. You fulfilled your purpose. You fulfilled your destiny. No, this is it. You are doing it. Like yeah, G- you, is, yeah. you, think about Jesus, right? When, when we talk about the Jesus, when he came, fulfilled all of these prophecies in the Old yeah. Testament, this guy, I'm telling you right now, he didn't grow up when he was in his diaper, right? Let's remember he was a baby at one point. You know, yeah. he was eating worms. He was kicking things around. He was learning. He was dancing. He wasn't yeah. doing it. He was doing all these things. And the main reason why people didn't accept him in his hometown is because he yeah. was little Jesus who used to be a little terror <laughs> in the marketplace and used to do me head in. And now you're saying he's God. You're having a laugh. Yeah. But this is what's really interesting. He fulfilled all of the prophecies. Yeah. He did not sit there going, right, I'm going to read the Old Testament. I'm going to work out everything that I need to do yeah. on earth while I'm here. I'm yeah. going to go right, right and at three o'clock, I need to be by that lake to do that. <laughs> and I need to do it this way and that way. Because yeah. if I do that, I fulfilled my purpose. No, Jesus just did Jesus on earth. When he just did life, he fulfilled yeah. life's purpose. He fulfilled the prophecies without trying. We are fulfilling our prophecies without trying because we're not in control of what they are. We are just doing, doing these, life. Doing, just, oh. doing, just doing life. That's, you know what, that's, that's so good, Luke. That's so good, just doing life. And I mean, okay, so like, let's look. Let's look when you're not doing, when you're not just doing life and you're trying to go into the world and get your, your needs met. It's exhausting. Like, do you not find that exhausting? I mean, when my kids were little, I didn't even like going to more than more than one grocery store with them because you got to take them all out. You got to put them in the card. You got to go in the store. They're going to touch everything. Like I didn't even shop at more than one grocery store. Why would I want to try to get six needs? Okay, let's go with six. Six needs met in a world. Like I'm exhausted just thinking about that. Could you imagine having to have every need met. And what if one didn't meet my need? Now I'm going to have to go find a different one. Like I'm exhausted all the time. We have a bunch of exhausted people running around the world, not enjoying life, not enjoying the creation that God has put on here, not enjoying their purpose because they're exhausted. They're exhausted with trying to get their need met. The happiest people if you've read any biographies or any stories, you've watched movies, you've heard songs, the happiest people are generally the people who are not trying to get the world to fulfill their needs. They're really not. And they are the most content people in the world and they're just doing life. And here's the thing, they impact people everywhere they go. Is the ad value. Because they add value, okay? So here's the thing. When you live a life like Jesus did, he was the embodiment of heaven on earth. He was kingdom culture. He was heaven on earth, okay? Now, when I think of building 
heaven on earth. We talk about, you know, um, on earth as it is in heaven. We talk about the Lord's prayer. You know, Jesus taught one prayer and that was the prayer that he taught. And it was on earth as it is in heaven. I think about building heaven on earth. And to me, for the longest time, I thought about skyscrapers. I don't know why, because I or guess, you know, a temple or, or, or build or, a temple or, church, or build it, build a church, you know, put a big cross on it. Now that there's nothing wrong with churches, churches are fantastic. We need community. We need community because iron sharpens iron, right? We need community that helps us. We talked about that in like four podcasts ago. So if you haven't heard that one, go check it out. But one of the things that I learned that blew me away is when I stopped trying to think and build heaven on earth, I realized that I was heaven on earth. I literally was the thing God created me to be living life, just doing life and adding value. And when you add value on top of value on top of value, guess what that's called? Building. We are the embodiment of heaven on earth. We just got to now walk it out. We have the purpose in us. We should be on a journey that has no beginning or no end. We have everything ready for it. That heaven on earth, that kingdom culture that we want to develop, that right there is already inside of you. Stop looking in the world for the very thing God has already placed inside of you. Because you're never going to find it. You're never going to be fulfilled. And you're going to spend your whole life looking for something that was right there all along. I, I had this image as you were talking then of a snake, right? Ugh. Yeah, no, weird <laughs> one to come into. But I was just thinking about, you know, when people go, what happens when you die, right? And I just got this... Um, this image of the snake. Now, when a snake shreds its skin, yeah, it's gross, but yes, it's gross, but yeah. I just have this understanding that this is like we, who you truly are, is under the skin. Yeah. All that happens when you die is your skin shreds, it goes, it dies, mm-hmm. but you're underneath. But the difference is, is that you're still there. You're yeah. living eternally. You're there. Yeah. And and it's this whole point of going, just stop seeking. Stop. Well, not to stop seeking. Seek yeah, heaven. Don't stop, see- don't stop seeking God. No, stop seeking God. Like, seek heaven. Seek heavenly perspective. Seek kingdom mindset. Like, kingdom perspective. Kingdom culture. Like, but, you know, life is the gift. Life is the truth. Life is the way. We're all trying, we've all been asking these big questions for centuries of who am I? Why am I here? What's all this thing? And and no one's, no one's answered the questions apart from Jesus himself. He was like, yeah, I am the way. I am the truth. I, I am all these things. And when yeah. you realize that I am everything and everything was made through me and in in me, as he says, yeah. in me, yeah. in other words, we are in him, we are in life, then yeah. yeah, you'll realize that you keep asking questions and this is it. It's like the fish, right? The fish is swimming in the sea, right? He goes to the yeah. fish, he goes, hey, have you seen the ocean? 
I'm looking for the ocean. And the guy turns around and goes, mate, you're in the ocean. <laughs> it's the same concept. I'm yeah. looking for life. I'm looking for purpose. Yeah. I'm looking for it. I'm, where is it? Is it this job? Yeah. Is it this relationship? Yeah. And then you just get this wise little like majestic, you know. <laughs> it's like a little Nemo. <laughs> yeah, Nemo Jesus. He's like, hey, you know, I am the way. Yeah. I am the truth. I am alive. I know. This is it. I, this is it. Are... Enjoy it. It's within you. Have, have fun. Goodbye. There's nothing to obtain here. Just, just enjoy it. See you later. <laughs> why, why do we, why do we insist on making things so much harder than they need to be? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why do we try to make it so much harder than it needs to be? I, I think so we complex. just, yeah, it's so complex. It's like, you know, like I have to go do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and I got to do this. And I'm just like, why? Why? Like, and you know, and I'll, cha I challenge people sometimes, you know, when they are like, you know, Yvonne, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in this process of seeking my next step and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'll look at them and I'll be like, why? Well, I mean, like, isn't that how it's supposed to be done? Why? Why do you, why do we do that? And we do it because it makes us comfortable. It makes us feel like we're worthy to be ready to receive an answer that we're looking for. And we have to stop trying to make ourselves worthy because we're already worthy. You know, if we can take away the biggest takeaway from this episode and talking about it is that when we stop looking in the world for the things that are already inside of us, your life is going to change. This isn't one of those gimmicks of, you know, like if you do this in five days, your life's going to change. I'm going to tell you right now for facts, and I have the Bible to back me up. If you stop trying to get your needs met in the world, your life is going to change. And it's going to change in a way that you'll never expect it because you're expecting to have needs met. And when you find out the needs you really need, you're not going to want those things anymore. Mm. You're really not going to want those things anymore. You're actually going to just start enjoying the very things you were created to be, to add value in every part of your life. And when we start adding value in the world, and someone else starts adding value in the world, that's when we start building the kingdom of heaven on earth. But it starts with you. It starts with you being heaven on earth. It's got, a, it's got you know? It's, this episode has been a journey in itself. But I think this needs a part three. We will continue this conversation. And... Um, I see us going down a really interesting road here. And I think is one that I'm excited to to go on with our listeners and our viewers. So guys, as always, if this episode has blessed you, is it, if it's given you a different perspective, a revelation, an epiphany moment, whatever it is, please let us know what that is and make sure that you're sharing it with your friends, liking the video on YouTube, on Facebook, 
and just be staying connected to everything Damascus. As like always, we say we have some exciting things coming up in the near future. But for now, I've been Luke Askew. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I've been Luke Askew. This has been Yvonne Rempel. <laughs> this is Yvonne, and this is Damascus Experience with On the Road to Damascus podcast. See you later. Bye.